I'm Riker, and this is Pilot. Oh, that's James Bond. This was Archer. Shit. Yeah, I was like, should I recognize this? <laughs> uh, I'm not a James Bond person, though, so that makes sense. You know, I know a lot about James Bond. Like, a lot. Like, a weird amount about James Bond. And I've seen not the majority of the movies by long shot. Yeah, I've seen one, and I wasn't a big fan. Which one? Die Another Day. I Die liked the day. intro sequence, but that, that was, was about it. That was the terrible one with... Um, Halle Berry mm-hmm. and Pierce Brosnan, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, well, that was the end of an era. Because Pierce? Yeah. And it was like so bad that I think, I seem to recall, I haven't done any research, but I seem to recall after that movie came out and there was the scene with him like out running away for something. <laughs> it was like, wow, this was really stupid. Yeah. I was James Bond has been really stupid a bunch of times. Even, you know, there's only half of the Daniel Craig movies that are any good, but the good ones are really, really good. Interesting. Yeah, I haven't ever been very interested in James Bond movies. I really like spy movies, though. So that's kind of, it's weird that I've never even had any interest in the James Bond. The biggest, most significant spy yeah. movie? Yeah. I'm more of a Mission Impossible gal. Uh, um, Tom Cruise wasn't really allowed on in my household growing up. Uh, well, we're here to talk about Archer, which um, I was excited about and am less so having watched the pilot. I did not remember the pilot being so not representative of the rest of it. I mean, there are a couple ongoing jokes that come from the pilot, but there's it does a lot better, I would say, after it. Uh, it was pretty insignificant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've seen one episode before. I think it was my friend Jason who uh, said you're going to like this. And I remember watching it and thinking, oh, yeah, I enjoyed that. Yeah. But, you know, adult cartoons aren't my jam. Oh, and, I know that, uh, for sure. Uh, well, I know you know that. <laughs> Everyone else should the know. audience know that you know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> audience, you know. <laughs> now you know everybody knows. Now, I mean, everybody's now listening. Yeah. <laughs> now there's not a single person in uh, America or the greater world that doesn't know because we have a whole lot of people listening. Well, and you know, it usually makes sense to me that you don't because, you know, I could I could see The Simpsons not being your thing. I could see South Park not being your thing. I could see Rick and Morty super not being your thing because Rick is really nasty. <laughs> All those shows go on and on and mm-hmm. on forever, too. Even as a kid, I'd watch The Simpsons and I'd be like, oh, yeah, a cartoon that's kind of a little bit more adult. Mm-hmm. I would watch it here and there and be like, okay, there's more of this. And to this day, it's like... Family Guy. Oh, Family Guy's the worst. Which is funny because there are pieces of that that I feel like you would really like. They're big on Sinatra and Family Guy. I know. Seth MacFarlane and I have literally everything in common. Like, literally everything. Sinatra and Star Trek. That's all the things. You want to understand me? Sinatra, Star Trek. (laughs) Yeah, that seems apt, actually. Yeah, so he and I have everything in common. I love the Orville. I'm looking forward to reviewing the Orville. Oh, when season three comes on. Ooh. We'll do that in one of our Star Trek weeks instead of Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> now you really got my yeah, attention. We have so much in common, and like pretty much his entire body of work, I have no interest in. Yeah. Every time I hear stupid uh, Family Guy's stupid voice and all the stupid recurring jokes, I would say that Archer has a lot more wit than that. Oh yeah, it definitely yeah. is a very witty show. It's exciting because 
it's done by one writer, so it's very consistent, and it, you keep revisiting jokes. It's not like, you know, there's a writer's room where uh, not everyone fully understands the characters, and mm. they drop threads or, you know, contradict their character later. Like, he really hones in on the characters and develops them. Really? This is one guy's show? Mm-hmm. One guy. That? I think his name is Adam Reed. So let's get into, as we always get into Except first, for one we don't. Except for all the notable exceptions. <laughs> Genre. All right. What do you have? Because I know the show, so I feel well, like we're quizzing you. 1960s style James Bond spoof, which is a pretty familiar subcategory of a category. I actually think it reminds me. It reminds me more of Get Smart with Don Adams than it does um, James Bond. But Get Smart, it's like let's rip off, let's spoof on uh, James Bond, where we take an unserious. He's very serious about himself, but really he's an unserious secret agent. Absolutely. He takes that not seriously at all. Well, the get smart thing, too, he was notably very stupid and really oddly excelled in hand-to-hand combat. And in this case, he's seems to kind of excel. Like, he's got some skills. He's a notable secret agent. He seems to have the skill set, but he's also a total diva because his mom runs the office and he's a mama's boy and... Yeah. And he's a totally um, playboy child, man-child. Wow, yeah, you nailed him. Right. <laughs> uh, and that it's somewhat raunchy. This blood over Quite. to my... Right. This blood over to my plot card also. Yeah. Um, it, it's got a... I wrote occupational slash family comedy with a secret agent spin. Like is an like here they are and they're all in the office. I, I expect that they probably you know go around the world in the show and they get yeah. them out of the office a lot. But the characters we get introduced to here are all in the office. They all kind of you know everybody works together and they present it in a way like here's your core group. Here's sort of the family drama, even if everybody's not in the family. Yeah. Uh, even though there's the mom and son. You got Lana who you used to date, um, uh, Archer, Sterling yeah. Archer, Duchess. <laughs> I liked that. Yeah, Her and, name uh, the Duchess. Yeah, and Cyril, you know, is dating Lana. So you have, you have, you know, f- like family ties, like kind of a know, messy relationship yes. to bring into work. Personal drama. Yes, that's yeah. absolutely it. There's a lot of personal drama in it. Right. So you know, it, it's it, everything comes back to with a secret agent spin. Yeah. You know, and it's stylized. 1960s doesn't take place in the 60s, but you know, yeah, a lot of the, the art, styling. the lettering, yeah, uh, the old school computers, mm-hmm. a lot of throwbacks to old James Bond stuff. You know, the door that opens up in the um, dry cleaner, in the dry cleaner, yeah, that to me is very much get smart. Um, yeah. So I don't know how how conscious they were of let's also rip off get smart. Not that they were ripping off get smart, or if it's as you rip off J- James Bond, it all kind of blends into the same thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, what you got? No, that was what I had. I didn't have the detail about 1960s, but uh, like now that you pointed out, I'm like, yes, that's exactly it. It's you know supposed he, to be a spy stat- satire. He's even like the character of mm-hmm. Archer, like the art design of the character. Yeah. With his chiseled good looks, you know, he's a very 1960s yes. sort of slick back hair, um, suave, Don Draper. Yeah. Type. Mm-hmm. I think it's funny how a lot of, not all of the characters, but a lot of the characters um, look like their voice actors. 
and <laughs> Archer, not at all. <laughs> Who, who's the actor? Who's the voice? Uh, no. I'm going to have to what look I it know? up. I think you would recognize the name, probably, but let me look. John Benjamin? Does that, sound, does that ring a bell? Um, I don't know John or Benjamin. H. John Benjamin? H. John Benjamin. I don't know what the H stands for. Uh, I've seen his face before, actually, yeah. I realize now. Yeah, like I don't know. Well, I'm looking him up from this. <laughs> is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Um, he also does the voice um, of Bob and Bob's Burgers, another cartoon you probably will never watch. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> ooh, here's him in a Trekkie <laughs> uniform. <make> me. <laughs> hang on, though. Hang on. Do you see him in a Trekkie uniform? Oh, I've seen him. Yeah, okay. okay. I didn't know that was him. <laughs> That's a Short Tracks episode from what is that? CBS All Access. Sort okay. of an experimental Star Trek, um, you know, playground where they do like five, ten minute hmm. vignette sort of things. Some of it ties in the canon. Vignette sounds some not of it, good. Some of it doesn't. But oh, I just love his voice so much. And so, like, he's not what I would consider conventionally hot. <laughs> and so I looked him up thinking, oh, he's going to be a good looking dude. And, you know, he's got gorgeous eyes. Don't get me wrong. But he's definitely not what I had in mind. They uh, <laughs> talked about, you know, the possibility of doing a live action and not with any, like, intent to do it per se but it's like well you can't have somebody who's not this guy doing archer's voice but you also need archer to look like archer like he's a playboy this That's guy is point. not the playboy work. yeah that would not work so <laughs> <laughs> unless you had him you know some other guy do the body and he's doing the voice jessica which walters just would be why. perfect as mom mallory she would be absolutely mallory, aka mom mother mother <laughs> good catch Aisha Tyler would be great as Alana absolutely Amber Nash does Pam and I feel like they don't look terribly similar like they kind of have the same jawline I guess but Amber Nash that should be played by that's who that is nah no just the the face structure uh, nothing else about her I see what you her. mean about yeah I see what you mean about the cheeks yeah and the chin well, like, yeah, that's what I mean. Boop. Where the chin and cheeks yeah. meet. But they don't look alike. No, they really don't. Um, but it's interesting because they made this character, like they wrote this character for her. She was on another adult oh. swim. And they're like, hey, can you come over here? Can you just read these lines for this character? Because they, they they wrote it with the intent of having her do it, or at least try it. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of cool. Well, we've dropped so many character names. Why yeah. don't we go ahead and score the genre as a category? I think it was successful in what it was trying to convey, especially as a I subcategory agree. that you know people are already familiar with. If you like it, uh, if you like James Bond, or if you like secret agent spoofs, or you like secret agent stuff in general, um, this would be a you know something you should take an interest in. It's yeah. very. It's very much what it's trying to be. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we talked about Archer already a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that we need to say much more than he's No, you kind of nailed it all in genre right. that he's a <laughs> the playboy, you know, spy who doesn't take things very seriously. And he's a mama's boy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, then I think we're going to need to talk about him in the plot section as he's relating to, mm-hmm. um, you know, where we're going with this. Yeah. Well, I don't know where the plot is. The plot of the show, not the episode necessarily. So in yeah. this episode, um, he's targeted by mother for um, basically being a douche, embezzlement. Basically, <laughs> yeah. I've been mean, embezzling, and she said, "I would, I would, I have fifty other agents who would kill, literally kill, uh, for your job." So clean it up or you're out. Yeah. You need to pay back all the money that you've embezzled uh, on your many trips to Whore Island. 
<laughs> what does ISIS stand for? I don't was... know, but they changed it shortly after because it became a big terrorist organization. So. <laughs> I was going to say because it, this it was pre-ISIS. Mm -hmm. It was, yeah. Uh, International Secret Intelligence Service. Okay. ISIS. See, now we're back to this reminds me more of Get Smart than it does James Bond. You know, like a copy of a copy. Mm -hmm. This reminds me of a, of a, well, never mind, I forgot the word. A copy of a copy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because in Get Smart, it was chaos and control. K-A-O-S, those are the bad guys, and control were the good guys. Uh, makes me think of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I remember the commercial for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. before it came out, and somebody said, what do you think, uh, Shield. They were saying, like, what do you think the uh, acronym Shield? Oh my God, for? that's the go funniest it. thing too, though. That yeah, they like, very much just made stuff up to make yeah. the word Shield happen. And then the actor says, uh, "Sounds like somebody really wanted our acronym to be Shield." <laughs> yeah, no, that's the joke in it. <laughs> that's kind of a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, it was a nice uh, on the nose, you know, a nice uh, moment of self awareness. Yeah, absolutely. Which probably wouldn't have been in the comics, but would have been in the uh, show. Yeah, no, I just looked it up. It was Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division, which, I mean, kind of, I guess. Like, that is what sure, they do. Sure, why not? I mean, if you think about what they do, that is what they do. But, yeah, when he first was saying it, it was just like, oh, my God, Colson, what are you doing to me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, ISIS, you're just being so specific. What yeah. was it again? International? International Secret Intelligence Service. Right. It's like, we really need an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> is, is, is all right? I feel like they, they, they could not predict the future very well with this one. No. <laughs> <laughs> what did it become later? Um, you know, they changed. Um, the kind of interesting thing about Archer is that it kind of changes genre a little bit every couple of seasons. So, like, at some point, it becomes more of a PI show, and they're working for, I think it's, like, Figgis Investigations, because he's the only one who actually, you know, Cyril's the only one who went through and took the certification requirements for becoming a detective, so the detective agency is under his name. <laughs> <laughs> is it woven into the plot that, hey, one organization is being shut down, or we're being... Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, it's not just like a random, oh, we've got a new thing. Like, they very... Reboot. <laughs> yeah, they have um, a season called Archer Vice that's, you know, ah. it, it okay. is what it sounds like. Yeah, it's hilarious. Mm. So they, they really change it up fairly often. Interesting. Why? Is there a reason for that, or were they just, they change it up? Um, you know, I didn't look into the, the reasons that they do it. Um, I mean, is there an expectation of it happening after a certain period of time? Is there a pattern of it? There becomes a pattern. Um... I mean, I think I'm not spoiling too much for any Archer fan who, you know, if you're an Archer fan, you should already know that he goes into a coma for a little bit. And so every scene is like a, or every season becomes like a new imagining of the characters because it's like coma dreams. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing, but it's really fun. And I really love it because it allows you, like they have a season in space. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Where Pam's like an alien creature. It's hilarious. And oh, it, so it's really... It's over the top and on oh, the yeah. nose and just bizarre. Absolutely. Rules rules don't apply, kind of like in our show. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you, you really are trying to make this winking a weekly occurrence. Uh, the audience expects it now, Shmi. <laughs> I'm your only audience visually. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that they're expecting it then, isn't it? Yeah, it sure is. Guys, quit expecting it. <laughs> what mm -hmm. have you done? <laughs> 
what have you done? Okay, so after embezzlement, and now you might need to explain a part of this to me. Sure, I'll try. After getting busted for embezzlement, what's what's the purpose of making up a mole? So he can blame the mole for the money disappearing? Uh, no, he wanted to, like, that was his grounds for going into the mainframe. Gotcha. Because he wanted to use it to investigate a mole. Gotcha. Really, he just wanted to launder money and move it around. He just wanted himself. a reason to get into the mainframe without having to break in. Because as you can tell, he's kind of lazy, doesn't want to put in the work. So even when he realizes all of the, you know, security measures he's going to have to go through, he instead takes Cheryl or Carol, depending on the day. Her name changes so often. She goes through like four other names. Cheryl Gergich. Carol Gergich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Meryl Gergich. The confusion over her name becomes an ongoing thing. And sometimes she just decides she wants a different name for that. Season, week, who knows? She's a very odd character, which it's, it's a bummer. You don't really get a, a feel for her other than that she has no self-esteem and is sleeping with Archer even after he stands her up and then goes for another date. It's just like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Have some self-respect, Carol. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, Me- <laughs> Megan, whatever your name Carol, is. Carol, Cheryl. It usually rhymes. I can't remember the other ones, but there's like a huge list. It's ridiculous. Daryl. This is my brother, Daryl. <laughs> my other brother, Daryl. Yeah. Um, okay, let's 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 boogie along. Yeah. Mallory, um, his mom. Yeah. My favorite line, I think, was uh, he says, Duchess, that's really my code name, Mom. Mm-hmm. And she goes, it was chosen at random by the ISIS computer. And he says, really? Because that was your dog's name. And they cut to... A picture. <laughs> picture of her naked laying on the ground with Duchess in a very romantic couple. That was weird. Boudoir sort of photo. That's just really weird. It's kind of like people, like, I'm sorry, I'm going to throw shade at probably some of our audience members. People who let their dogs kiss their faces. Like, that's already a line too far for me. Now laying with your dog naked. Like, what I'll are we doing, guys? I'll let my dog lick my cheek, but I think what we're talking about is the mouth. when people open their mouth and receive the tongue. Yeah, and receive the tongue. That's disgusting. Yeah. yeah all I have you, a hard time with and it. And all of you weirdos that are listening, it's fucking weird. Stop <laughs> doing it. We know you do it. Well, we you know, know who you are because you're way too open about it. <laughs> when people are like, yeah, but their mouths are cleaner than humans. And they're like, no. No human that I know licks their own asshole, okay? Yeah, never seen a person eat shit. I know they've done it. I know people eat shit. I mean, for example, certain people let their dogs lick the inside of their mouth. So people are gross. I get it. <laughs> yeah, but the the actual thing is that the bacteria in dogs' mouth is good for like is good for them. That does not mean that their mouths are cleaner than ours. It doesn't. I'm sorry. Well, like it's probiotic. <laughs> I think you're making that up. <laughs> well, you know, good bacteria. All right. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I think we actually were talking about, and we didn't really get there, mm-hmm. the the mole. So he yes. says that there's a mole. He makes This is saying that there's a mole, and then finding out that there was actually a mole, and then the mole says, I'm the mole, you idiot. He's and he's saying, like, I made the mole I up. I made that up. He goes, yeah, but you told everybody, and now people are going to be suspicious of me, so now i got to get out of here. Well, he told Pam specifically, and Pam, the HR lady, is notoriously known, I guess, for not being able to keep a secret, which is not HR. a great yeah, not a great quality for your head of HR, like slash only HR rep at the company entirely. <laughs> 
that if you tell her something, she is bound to tell probably the whole office. So the fact that she told or that he told her that there's a mole means that now everyone's going to be looking for a mole. So you know what that scene reminded me of was the episode of The Office when Michael Scott accidentally lets the cat out of the bag that oh what was it oh that Stanley's cheating on his wife oh god yeah. So then he makes up. He was like, "Oh, I just made that. That was a rumor." Like, yeah, I just made it up. the rumors. He goes, episode. "Yeah, but it's true." Now everybody's gonna. Now everybody knows it. He goes, "Ah, all right." Which was actually, honestly, a really brilliant Michael Scott. Oh, who played? Uh, Get smart. Get smart. Yeah, yeah it was like because I noticed that it was a remake, and I'm like, okay, I don't want to be that person who like only watched the remake, but. Oh, that's I never okay. saw the original. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's <laughs> not one that I would beat you up on. My dad used to, my dad showed it to me. We used to watch it on TV Land together when I was in like sixth grade. So when the movie came out, I got it. Like I got all the inside jokes because okay. I was really pretty familiar with the. Uh, and it was a very fun show. Like it was really really funny. You watch yeah. it today, and it's like it's not topical. Not to say that it wasn't at all. I don't remember if it was, or pro- might not have even got it. But it was just so stupid. Silly, funny, like physical humor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 99. Oh, Max. Like she just adored him so and she was hot and young and he was, he was, you know, a younger guy at the time, but he, they made it for a long time. But yeah, but uh, he was, she was super out of his league is what I'm trying to say. And she had this, this admiration for him, uh, which made no sense at all. It was much different than the movie where he he knew he was a terrible agent. Yeah. The show, he had no idea he was a terrible <laughs> agent. He thought he was brilliant at this. Ah, so very Archer. I can see why you'd draw that parallel. Oh, it's a very, yeah. it's a very. It's, it was less raunchy and he wasn't so lazy. He was pretty eager. He was over eager, um, but so dumb. Yeah. Uh, and he was also the voice of Go, Go Gadget Boosta. Oh, gosh. So that was, I think that was kind of his brand at the time. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I'm told he became a very wealthy guy off of all those uh, characters. Well, excellent. Mm-hmm. Good and for they, him. Like they made a, a TV movie like 20 years later. So I know quite a bit about it because it's sort of a, you know, an inside family thing. Um, but, you know, most people, you know, of a certain generation would only be familiar with the movie. Anyway. Yeah. That scene, uh, just drawing the parallel, maybe why Michael Scott was top of mind, picturing him walking around an office doing something dumb, much like Get Smartwood, much like Archer would. Yeah. But it's when he starts the rumors and because, and in this really weird, twisted Michael Scott brilliance, which worked beautifully, he said, well, if I just make up rumors about everybody, Mm -hmm. nobody's going to know what's true anymore. Yeah. I mean, that is a good point, but I feel like it goes very badly for him anyway, that he makes other rumors that... So bad. Yeah. Andy Bernard was my favorite part of that. Oh, because yeah. they made the rumor that he was gay, and he's and like, am I gay? Well, he said, that's weird, like, because in high school, growing up, people would tell me I was gay, too. <laughs> it's kind of weird coincidence, huh? Or maybe it's not a coincidence at all. I don't... I don't know. So when Michael oh. Scott's like making, it's like speechifying, trying to correct the situation. Yeah. And he's saying, Michael, what is the rumor we need? To know? <laughs> yeah. Am I really gay? <laughs> like, you should be the person who knows that. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. So that's what the, uh, I'm the mole, you idiot. I made that up. I know, but now everybody knows there's a mole, you idiot. Yeah. It was good. I really liked that. And that was Crenshaw, who was really named Kreminsky. Wow. Who couldn't even get a Russian accent right, even though he's a Russian operative. 
Which, I mean, like, makes him a great spy, no? <laughs> like, he Very is good. convincing. Um, so, anyway, that's the plot. So, he has to break into the mainframe so he could cover his ass. That's the whole plot. Yeah, because he's been embezzling like hell. <laughs> yeah, it's basically espionage against his own agency. <laughs> yeah. That was the whole, you know, in the 20 minutes. Like, we could have done anything. That's all we did. We just met all the characters in the office. Yeah. And it's funny because... First of all, you meet all the characters, but not all the characters. Like, you you get Krieger in the office with Pam as they're talking about the food rapist, which I don't think I remember that being a very literal storyline that somebody was... Like, the cream-filled donuts joke <laughs> landed for the first time with me today, and I'm like, wait, somebody's completing inside of food? <laughs> what? Completing. <laughs> it's a family show. I'm about show. to complete. I'm about to complete. <laughs> complete. <laughs> I just felt like that was, like, the most appropriate. You know, if you're a child, you've just kind of kept going with it. You know, <laughs> you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, kids know what the word completion means. Uh, some do, some don't. Especially and when it comes to food rape. It means you're going to eat your whole that's meal. That's true. I said the word rape. So, like, how family friendly is it really? Um. Anyway, so Krieger was in there, and he is actually my favorite character in the entire show. And you get so little of him in this. Yeah, episode. actually, I know the scene you're talking about. I guess I don't. Really, I have no idea who that is. Yeah. No, he ends up being kind of like the. He's the mad scientist where he has no moral oh. constraints whatsoever. He's just like, oh yeah, I'm growing some clones in the basement. You know, like. <laughs> right, because when he first goes into uh, the agency from the. Lawn, the dry cleaner. Dry cleaner, uh-huh. Or uh, laundromat, one uh, or the other. Yeah, I guess with a little bit of both. Uh, he looks for Krieger in what's clearly would have been, you know, in James Bond, that would have been Q. You know, that mm-hmm. would have been his, his lab. Yeah. Right? The workshop. Um, so he mentions him and we don't see him there because he wasn't there at that point. So he was just sort of, they, they made made it clear that this character we know is important. Yeah. In this world, in this storyline, he will be obviously have a role, but we don't necessarily have use for him in this episode. So let's yeah. make sure we, we got his set established and we have established that he's part of the crew. Absolutely. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, I think that Mother mm-hmm. is certainly a very important one to talk about. Yeah. Um, I don't know that there's much to say. I mean... No, it's. I mean, it's such a short episode. Right. You get just... Like, I, I have character cards for everyone, but, like, I wrote so little because you just... I didn't write so anything. Okay, yeah. so you got mom, mother, played by Jessica Walters, who's very nasty and quite crude. Very filthy. Filthy. The whorehouse thing, and he's, like... Whore makes, Island? Whore, no, whore no. House. She says that oh. this room smells like a whorehouse, and then he, like, makes an under-the-breath reference, like, hey, yeah, like, it's your, your fingers. fingers. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, gross, 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 gross. Because you watch in on her being inappropriate in her office, having a a phone completion conversation. <laughs> Thanks for continuing. With, uh, with the, we find out later, the Russian, her... her the head of the KGB. Yeah, it's her equal in Russia. Her, her opposition, too, that they get together for some phone completion. Um, all right, let's talk about Lana. Yeah. Been they dated for years, her and Archer, it sounds like. And yeah. she's totally hung up on him. She's dating Cyril now, which is obviously just a nice guy that she could push around. Yeah. Wow, you read that well. Is it because you've seen one other episode or you no, got it from I, this? No, it was, was pretty clear. 
<laughs> I, it, yeah. Too close to home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, just kidding. Kind of. Um, <laughs> no, like, like kidding in a real sense, kidding. And then in a more soulful sense, it's like, oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Uh, Cyril, all I have written down for him is Stir Friday. That's what I wrote for him, too. Right. <laughs> um, I thought it was... So something that I, I wrote on her card, though, for him is that she's not comfortable leaving Cyril in her apartment. Like, that was just... <laughs> it felt like a mix of her, like, needing to be the one in control because, you know, after Archer, you have to be. <laughs> um, and, you know, she brings up that she just has trust issues, which, I mean, I could see Archer being a... Cheating whore. <laughs> it didn't really make any sense. I don't. I didn't feel. I mean, I got it. Like, but the yeah, being left alone in her apartment didn't make sense to me either. Unless it's that he's gonna snoop. Like that would be my only concern well, if I was leaving somebody at yeah. my house that they'd snoop. But it it opened up. I, like I don't know if it, if that that didn't make sense. I don't know if it comes up in in the plot later in later episodes. Obviously, for our purposes here, it's just the setup for her to. Start getting into all of her archer baggage. Oh, yeah. Which Cyril's really tired of hearing about. Clearly. Um, because it's always archers. It always comes back to archer. She's always bitching about archer and archer's mom. And and then they get to the office. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, some kind of thievery is going on. So that's how they apprehend Kraminsky. And yeah. she... Um, and an archer of you know lot, sparks are flying there there's a lot of passion there's a lot of heat they're picking up the same arguments they're yeah, picking up old arguments called her baby crazy and that set her off oh yeah and then she makes a crack about him carrying around a 35 year old umbilical cord he goes see she's always talking about baby stuff <laughs> <laughs> i did really love that that he was an idiot but also like kind of on point <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, understood what an umbilical cord is, didn't yeah. understand the insult, and which would have been infuriating for her. Although, like, <laughs> as as I think that the, he kind of demonstrated with um, Cyril, when Cyril was initially trying to bring up the bank account issue, he yes, was... Yes, misdirection. The misdirection, absolutely. So I think he's actually smarter than he lets on. Yeah, he just doesn't yeah. want to be tasked with any, like, work or... Yeah, absolutely. Or to have a conversation he doesn't want to have. He doesn't want to do anything he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Uh, I only had one character left that I don't feel like we really covered. Please. Woodhouse. Mm, who's that? He's the butler. Oh. Who Archer is clearly abusive to. Horrible. And he's just like, very good, sir. Very good, sir. <laughs> yes, I understand, sir. He goes, I am going to rob. If you don't do that, he sets him up to fail and then says, <laughs> yeah. if you don't do the thing that you're supposed to do, I'm going to... What was it? I'm going to rub sand, sand in, your in your cold, cold dead, dead eyes. Mm -hmm. And he goes, very good, sir. And he goes, oh. I'm going to need sure you to pick up, pick up sand. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they grade it, but of course. <laughs> 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 like, it's douchey, but I really appreciate the detail that goes into the joke and that it kind of drags out. <laughs> it is very family guy in that way, that they kind of just sit there with the joke for a bit. Mm. Actually, The Office does it quite a bit. Specifically, Michael does it. He just keeps going with a joke. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, I met a comedian in California, and I didn't. I had done a couple of open mics. Um, just, I don't know, just was interested in it. In yeah. Trying. And, uh, and somebody did the same joke that I had done. <gasps> but you did it first. Well, I, I heard my version first, and then yeah. he did it. I mean, he was like a committed comedian. Yeah. I thought he was terrible, actually. That was the thing. He was very cocky about it. Like, he, like he was... 
Like, I know a lot about comedy. It's like, whatever. I've seen as many comedians as you have. And I, I don't think either of us are funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him, and it was probably, I, I guess that would have been offensive to say to somebody who was committed to it. And I was new to the scene, right? And didn't make a big commitment to be there. But uh, I told him, hey, I was working on that same bit. And I told him basically what it was. He goes, uh, yeah, no offense. That was a fraction of the joke that I told. And I thought, yeah, I remember yours went on too long. Yeah. <laughs> like it went on so long. You got to clean it up. <laughs> yeah, and I felt like you were misreading the room in, in feeling like we were enjoying it. Like it, was just, it went so long. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of bummed I never really hung out with you in your stand-up days. Well, I was in California. That's true. I wouldn't have known you in your stand-up days. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean the characters. I would give it a pass. Okay. I, there's no reason I wouldn't give it a pass. Yeah. I, I'm happy to give it a pass because they, you know, they knew what they knew what they were doing. They clearly had the characters defined ahead of time for yeah. a, you know a larger. I don't want to say a larger arc, but I mean they knew who the characters were that they want to play with in this world and seemed pretty deliberate in setting up those characters. The character interactions are fun, like between Lana and Cyril, and how that uh, associates back to Archer. Everything seems to associate back to Archer in a way, which Makes sense. And he's, you know, a Michael Scottian sort of character yeah. that, that is inappropriate and misreads things and makes people That's uncomfortable. That's a very good point. He is the Michael, the, the spy version of Michael Scott, mm-hmm. which is also Get Smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, Weird parallels here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. If you hadn't brought in the Get Smart thing, this wouldn't have been as mind-boggling. Oh, but it man. all comes back together. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's obviously... You know, it would be it would be silly if anybody, in my opinion, said, "No, nah, it wasn't successful. They didn't do a good job with the characters." Yeah, no, they, they know knew who what they were doing. Everybody is. The writers know who everybody is, and the even the voice actors seem to know. They they have the voice of the characters already. Yeah, absolutely. Seems very much like the one that I saw, which could have been I, however many seasons later, could have been the first season. I don't know, um, but the voice of the characters are always pretty well intact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say the, I mean, it, this feels like a truer pilot than most others because the characters are so very different. Like, the, it, I feel like they change so much even just in the second episode, like what they want to do with all of these characters. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. So if you were to watch second episode, which I don't think you're super signing up to do anytime soon, you know, it to get there soon, I guess. But um, they just really change what they do with each character. Um, you what know, do you mean? Krieger becomes a bigger part. Cheryl Carroll instead becomes, uh, instead of being just totally, I mean, she still has the no self-respect thing, but then she kind of becomes a bit of a sex addict and a bit depraved. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so they really narrow in on that, um, you know, and you find out that she's kind of a rich girl, so she's, you know, has weird behavioral issues because of that. Does like she just, change or they just start to flesh out the characters? I think they start to flesh her out, but Pam really becomes, a, like she becomes a several different characters, I think. And they make her better. Like I feel like early Pam you kind of hate a little bit. Okay. And then later you start feeling like she's a strong character and that you root for her and she's hilarious, that she drives a lot of the comedy. Um, yeah. Now, let me ask it this way. You have 20 minutes here mm-hmm. to... Introduce the audience to yeah. the characters. I don't, I don't, you know, you don't get to know somebody in 20 minutes, but you get introduced to the whole staff. Yeah. Are you saying that by episode, as soon as episode two, having been introduced to the characters, they immediately go much deeper with them? Or are you saying that by episode two, they've realized that, you know, the, we've, we've had 
names and faces and voices, mm-hmm. but we didn't actually have any characters. And no, they then had they characters. start changing the characters by season two. They do start changing the, the characters by season two. Okay. I wouldn't say it's. I meant episode two. I know you did, but I, I definitely am leaning into the. It's by season two. I feel like you get a very different set okay. of some of the characters. Um, that they're. If, if you feel like it's one of those things where they get the internet feedback or the live feedback, you oh. know, um, and they start realizing, okay, well, this is kind of problematic. You know, Pam's just kind of. You know, it kind of le- feels like they lean too much into her being just like the fat character. Mm. And so they start making her strong, you know, have a big sense of her own sexuality. You know, it, a lot of the characters really start becoming a bit more sexual, honestly, but <laughs> um, especially her. Okay. Which is, it becomes really funny because so she's the HR girl and she becomes right. the most inappropriate of all of the people. So they're shallow, really, mm-hmm. at first. Yeah. And and not only was it, were they shallow because we haven't had time to meet them yet, but because they were shallow. Yeah. And, and problematically so in some cases. And then they clearly and actively work toward improving the characters. And rather than writing anybody out, and saying, okay, well, this character's not working. They seem to tinker with them until yeah. everybody's a character that, you know, whether you love to hate them or whether you like them all or I, I don't know, but but uh, that they all have a specific, unique value. Absolutely. And they're all a lot more multifaceted than just a, you know, a stereotype. Absolutely. Okay. And I would say Pam and Cheryl, Carol, Cheryl. <laughs> yeah, Larry. Like the, those are the two that you specifically see a lot of change in um that they just seem to really figure out what they want to do with them better and i mean you know they kind of it's not like they're totally a different person like it's not like they're just a different you know the same person with or sorry the same face but a totally different person like it makes sense the transformation they take to the to get there it's not like just switching dj out and subtle right it's subtle it's (laughs) over time it's piece by piece yeah. That by the time you go back and look at the pilot and you go, I didn't realize how shallow these characters were. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not interested in Pam. Yeah, I'm not interested no. in this version Later, of Pam. Later, I really like Pam. Later, Pam absolutely. scenes are total winners. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, still, you know, still for the, passed, yeah. as a pilot goes, you mm-hmm. know, they did a good job. Nothing was, and it's funny, it would be easy for a show like this to be gratuitous. It was pretty subtle. Um, so everything felt, it still felt like, they were pretty deliberate in their placement of the characters. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very good. Uh, for the plot, what yeah. are you expecting from the plot? Um, I would, forward, personally, is. based on just the pilot, which is hard for me to judge just on the pilot because I have seen all of the episodes, all 11 seasons to date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but it does seem episodic. Um, and I would say it does become that way for a while, that they kind of build some sort of a story, but it does feel very episodic and is kind of like this drunken playboy spy who happens to be really good at his job but gives zero shits about it. You know what I mean? Like, he's almost accidentally good. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like, he, he's the one of the world's best spies as far as this you know, show is concerned. Mm-hmm. So, you know... He's, I don't know. You kind of expect to see, I think, more of him not giving a shit and still doing well. And probably a lot of personal drama unfolding on yeah, the screen. Yeah, a lot of sleaze. 
yeah, I honestly, I just wrote on my plot card mm-hmm. more of the same. I'm more of the same. More Absolutely. Same. Like, we've established the characters. We've established the setting. Now, you know, give me a new episode. Give me a new spin on a mm-hmm. on a familiar secret agent trope, and then let's make fun of it. Or Absolutely. Or let's, let's put a familiar storyline and familiar villains, probably, uh, into any given episode, yeah. and then go have fun. Absolutely. Because it doesn't matter. Because the storylines don't... Like, there wasn't that much storyline here. There was... The story was what it was. I mean, mm-hmm. there was a storyline here. It's pretty clear. We talked about it. It was the mole, right? Yeah. Um, and his expense account. It's 20 minutes. Like, it's it's not... The story's not the important part. No, it's the characters. Absolutely. And, and the wit and the, and the mm-hmm. barbs. So and it, the ongoing jokes. There yeah. were a couple of them that I'm really... If you were to keep watching, that I'd be really excited for you to just, you know... <laughs> The um, ant thing, specifically. Do you want ants? This is how we get ants. That is an ongoing joke. Um, another one, I mean, you barely get it, but he, um, when he's shooting at the mainframe door, and there's like the ricochet bullet. All that, over the place, yeah. Yeah, and so it hits a guy. Anytime they just randomly start shooting, that guy gets a bullet in him. Like, he's Brett, the guy who always gets shot. <laughs> do we see him, or do we just get the voice? Eventually, we get, we get him, yeah. Okay. But in this episode, we only got the voice. But oh, he okay. becomes like a character, Brett, the guy who you got shot again. How the fuck? Like you're up three flights of stairs. This is like <laughs> you killed Kenny. You were up three flights of stairs. Well, yeah, it becomes like this weird, like, um, like who shot Kennedy sort of thing. Like, how did the bullet do this? <laughs> we don't understand. We need to trace this back. <laughs> he says, "What is wrong with you, Archer?" Yeah. What did Archer say? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing What's wrong with you. He got a bullet in you. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's really immature. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you know, I think that's clear. I think yeah. they, they the plot going. They did a good enough job creating the setting and setting up the characters that it's clear where we're going. Like you said, it's episodic. It's a cartoon. Right? Yeah. It's, it's it's not that big of a deal. There's not that much to. There's not that much they need to accomplish. And what's our expectation moving forward? Absolutely. It's like the expectation is you're going to come hang out with these idiots and be amused by it. Yeah. Uh, which leads us, which I would say is a pass. Yeah, I would which agree. Leads us to the hook. And you say. I would say this is the most unclear. Oh, it's episodic. So like a hook is. Are you w- willing to come back and do more of the same? Did this please you enough to come back and do the same? Well, because our, for our purposes, our mm-hmm. scoring methodology is, yeah. is there a hook that makes you come back, want to come back and watch more? And for me, it was just wanting to understand how Archer could possibly be the best buy in the world as this Playboy drunk. Like, how is it possible that that could happen? And also, what the hell did Lana see in him other than his voice? <laughs> other than his voice. Oh, he's got such a good yes. voice. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it just, he's just so immature. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think that coming back for the jokes is a big part of it. Um, because, you know, there's there's a decent bit of wit there. But uh, also, you know, I, I like the spy movie aspect, even though it's, Kind of a spoof. <laughs> yeah, well, you like the you like the genre. I like the genre. You like the premise. Yeah. You like the style. Absolutely, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So I was intrigued by it, but um, I'm also predisposed to be okay with adult cartoons. Um, it felt like it was a refreshing, you know, 
was refreshing coming from, say, Family Guy, which I wasn't super impressed by, and Simpsons, which I got tired of, and South Park, which I never had. Ago. Yeah, South Park, I never had cable, so I got that for a brief window and was like, mm. we always kill Kenny. Oh, my God, you kill Kenny. I'm like. <laughs> yeah, somebody, uh, I had a friend that, I, it was the one time I really sat down and watched, like, mm-hmm. a couple episodes of South Park. Yeah. And it was like, okay, I'll do it. And I watched one. I was like, okay, I was that was mildly amusing. That's cool. That's fine. I yeah. like it, I didn't hate it. I just I'm not interested. And then number two it was like, yeah, okay, I get it. I see uh, yeah, I see. I know, I know, I know there's deeper wit to it than just being a tacky cartoon. I got it. it well, <laughs> and I know a lot of people who keep current on the episodes cuz I think they might even still be making them. Um and they they really cover like current event things. So it's kind of like spoof on current events. Right. If that's your thing, then, you know, I I don't want to mm, I just <laughs> I'm yeah, not interested in that. I see why it's actually smart. It's, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. All the voices, the like I just it's all so unpleasant. Yeah. The, everything's hideous. Yeah. You know, they sound great. Like, everything about it's unappealing. This is why I haven't had to try. I haven't even tried with Rick and Morty. I think right. if they were prettier, you would love that, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Elise said something about it being funny. And I was like, you know, I don't want to do that. Don't Never. Do that, Never will I, I do that. Do <laughs> it's so good. Taylor and I re-binged it recently. It was pretty good. Um, so you would say that you were sufficiently hooked by the pilot? Yes. Uh, I would say that the the pilot doesn't really, uh, it doesn't. There's nothing here that hooks me. Yeah, no. I would maybe, you. maybe, maybe say that Jessica Walters hooked me because yeah. I like picturing her like in a live action version. Mm-hmm. Of this. I like picturing the mom from Arrested Development. Yeah, I've seen her on um, uh, interviews where she was talking about this character and they were like bringing back Arrested Development and yeah. she was with I think maybe some of the other voice actors from Archer or some other things she did yeah and I remember thinking she's just so like gorgeous and adorable and fun Absolutely. and pleasant and cool I just really like her she uh, said this was one of her favorite characters she's ever played because she's likes to be a monster she right. likes to be a monster. She likes to play the drunk. She likes to be kind of absurd. Like, I feel like she's just not these things, so she gets to explore it quite a bit. And she does it well. Yeah. Like, she really does it quite well. Yeah, absolutely. So I would maybe say that I'm hooked enough to want to see a little bit more of, or here anyway, uh, Jessica <laughs> Walters. But, you know, there's a nice arc here. There's yeah. a storyline that I'm amused by, that I'm interested in enough. It's kind of like Shit's Creek for me. It's like, okay, I liked all those areas in which mm-hmm. you have to say, is this a good pilot? Is this a good pilot? Or is this a successful pilot? Yeah. Does this succeed in these categories? And you say, yeah, for sure. And then it doesn't give me a reason to want to come back for more. It, it's like it rests a little bit too much on, didn't you enjoy the presentation that we made for you Yeah. enough to want to come back for more? And it's like, no, I mean, I enjoyed the presentation that you gave me. But I just, I don't mean you didn't, like, you didn't do anything spectacular. Like, yeah. I'm amused by it, but it was, it was no big deal. It was like, it wasn't, you know, especially um, unique or cutting edge in any, in any way that I was, or, or so surprised or shocked by any of the humor or, or anything that I would have to say, God, I need more of this. Yeah. And I will say that this is the only episode that I've watched really of theirs that it's, that I'm not like, okay, let's watch another episode. Like, yeah. all of the other ones, I feel like immediately I'm like, oh, let's just watch one more. Let's just watch one more. How did it end? It ended with, 
Do you want ants? This is how we get ants? Yeah, the mom, uh, Mallory, calls back to the ants thing because right. the donuts that um, Pam, or not Pam, that um, Lana slapped out of his hands onto the ground are still there. Nobody picked them up because Archer's a child. <laughs> right. Um, and, and even that, it's like, oh, that's funny. Yeah, the ant thing, we did that again. It's, it's yeah. delivered in a funny way. But, you know, it's kind of a soft note to end on, too. It's like, yeah. okay, yeah, well, we did that, and I, thanks for, you know, thanks for putting on the performance. Um, we must do this again sometime, but yeah. not like anytime soon or next week or anything. Yeah, there's no sense of urgency to it. Yeah, not at I all. I get that. I would still say uh, it was a successful pilot. Yeah. Like, it's just because of that, there was nothing there to hook me. If you enjoyed, uh, you know, the genre mm-hmm. more, like if you were especially committed to the genre, if you were especially committed to... You know, get smart or uh, James Bond. That you'd say, man, I just love. This is the sort of, this is a universe that I just love to play in. I am so glad they made this. Mm-hmm. Let's do the next one. Or even if it were just, what I think is probably the most true about this show is that it's easy escapism. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. And if you're looking for some easy escapism, this would be really fun, highly digestible. Oh, anyway, yeah. so for what was the guy's name? Reed. Adam Reed. Adam Reed. Um, you know, I think he knows what he's doing. Yeah. He put a good show together, and uh, I'm happy with the show he put together. I would say yes. You made a successful pilot. That uh, I I think what I appreciate the most about it is it didn't try too hard. Yeah. It didn't become gratuitous in a show like this where you could have easily gone all over the world and did a bunch of secret agent tropes and met a big villain and and uh, and did a bunch of um, you know it made it, it been really gratuitous with it and then they didn't it was fun it was cool that they played it pretty small yeah absolutely and it seemed very deliberately so because it's a cartoon I mean you could have you could have put it wherever you wanted in space I was thinking the moon <laughs> Interesting you I mean say they that. go there for sure right. but they don't do it here right yeah so absolutely. yeah I mean it was it was it was really solid. I just wasn't, you know, especially hooked. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so the only thing I have on my quote card that we didn't really talk about. Oh, there's two. Um, it's just their ongoing stuff that they continue to do. One is can't or won't. And either. <laughs> and it happens twice in this episode. And it's just they, they have repetition and jokes in this episode. And then you keep getting it at least throughout the season. And another one that you get later, not in this episode, becomes phrasing, which is kind of like the Michael Scotts. That's what she said. He's like, mm-hmm. oh, phrasing. But it's nice because it universally applies. It could be, it doesn't have to be, that's what he said. That's what she said. Like, you don't have to be too smart about it. You're just phrasing. <laughs> Are we not doing phrasing? What's that mean? <laughs> oh, it's like, it's kind of like, that's what she said. Like, oh, that's. I'm. <laughs> oh, consider the way you just said that. Yeah, consider yeah. the way you just said Think that. Think what you just said. Yeah. Um, but it's always sexual? Yeah, like, okay. always sexual. Phrasing. <laughs> Phrasing. Yeah. And the other one is, uh, it's hilarious because it happens on like an answering machine. Um, <laughs> it says, he says, uh, leave your message at the tone. Tone. <laughs> and then they start leaving a message. Yeah. That was trippy. That was weird. So it's funny because it becomes an ongoing joke later that he has like really ridiculous voicemail things oh. where he fakes you out and you think that you're talking to, you know, talking to him. And he's like, and then it's all beep. <laughs> and he's like, people are like, motherfucking goddamn it, Archer. 
And so his mom will call him. <laughs> his mom so will call. School, I hated that. Oh yeah, but he get, he makes them really elaborate sometimes, like so elaborate where you're like, there's no way that these, this is made up. And what then did mom do? His mom calls and is like urgently trying. I mean, they work in a spy business, right? <laughs> there's an urgent call and she needs to talk to him, and she she gets so fed up with this trope, you know, this ongoing joke of his where he just constantly changes it to something new and you know tricks him. And so there's a time she calls. And thinks that's what he's doing again. And he's actually answered and is being, like, shot at by people. And she's just like, oh, you're so immature. And hangs up on him. <laughs> and he could have really used her help. But <laughs> but he's played this ongoing thing so often that, like, he kind of shot himself in the foot there. Crying wolf. Absolutely. <laughs> she's like, ah. Anyway, that's all I've got. Here's what I have. Yeah. It's obviously ludicrous. <laughs> just like this baby corn. <laughs> It was weird how funny you found that. <laughs> baby corn is so weird. I've always been fascinated by it. Do you pick up baby corn and eat it like at first, like to pretend to eat it like it's a real piece of corn? Nope. <laughs> Never do I do that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, you got to try it. It's hilarious. You get the biggest kick out of it. And, uh, and of course, you really can't. And then it's all floppy anyway. And then you just eat it. <laughs> like, why is this here? The only time and I've ever had it. how is this related to corn? Because it's nothing like actual corn. I only ever have baby corn in my Mongolian barbecue. So, like, well, I've never had another opportunity. When else would you have had it? Yeah, I don't know. Right. I, I'm trying to wonder, it's like, when you It's always such a weird treat. I don't like it at all. I Do don't not? enjoy it even a little bit. And I never pass it up. Because <laughs> it's so. Weird fact about you. <laughs> funny. It's so funny. Fun. It's so weird and so interesting you feel like a giant? fascinating. No, I gotta think about it like that next time. Man, oh, you like are so primed for being a dad. Like you've got dad jokes ready. The fact that you found that so amusing, I was like, <laughs> it's weird that you're not a father. I'm just glad that somebody in like media and pop culture recognize just how weird baby corn is. <laughs> Obviously ludicrous. Just like this baby corn. What's up with that? That is so funny. It's like one of those things like every, it's like that office joke about the carrot cake. When Robert <laughs> says great party everybody and Kevin says, "You think this is a great party, Robert?" <laughs> he says, "The cake has vegetables in it." <laughs> it's like a salad bar. He's like, yeah, and what's up with baby corn? It's so fucking weird. It is really weird. And why is it that we don't talk about that more often? And why does it just show up when it shows up? And why is it ever in a salad bar? Is it in salad bars? That's when I see it. Mongolian barbecue and salad bars. And you go, all right, I'll have two pieces. I'll have four. Nah, let's put the other two back. I'm not going (laughs) to eat those. They're gross, but I'm going to enjoy these two. (laughs) I'm probably going to gnaw on them like they're real corn. Uh, quote number two, definitely Russian, probably a Jew. <laughs> so uh, to hear him say, Kreminsky, he says, my name isn't really Crenshaw, it's Kreminsky. Is that Jewish? It's Russian. This is a guy that can't do the Russian accent. Yeah. It's Russian. Sounds Jewish. Or no, he says Russian and Jewish or however. <laughs> yeah. And then later he says, his Maybe. name's not really Crenshaw, it's Kreminsky. It's Russian. Definitely Russian. Probably a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a Jew or whatever it was I wrote down probably, but I was lagging behind a minute. Um, so those are my my uh, hits that, I mean, it's a show like this that it's like, do I do the quote card? And then I'll probably fill it up. 
Yeah. Because um, that's what the show's about. So the ones that really stand out at you, like baby the one corn. about the baby corn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a hard time pulling out my quote card, not because there wasn't a lot of good stuff, but it happens so quickly. And like, they're quick one-liners. And I'm like, ah, oh, they've already said three others. And I just, I can't What's do it. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I could read the transcript, but we're not doing that here. <laughs> one character we missed, which yeah. is the uh, dry cleaning operator. Oh, okay. Do we ever see him again? I mean, maybe. Okay. <laughs> if so, he's not memorable. I don't. He's not I part d- of the show. I don't know that I get a name for him. Yeah, like I feel like they ref- reference him at least one other time. You probably see him once or twice again. I was just curious because I noticed that we didn't talk about him. I assumed that we would see him regularly and when it didn't come up i then thought oh maybe we don't yeah spoiler sorry does it is it always a dry cleaner i'll bet it changes over the years huh um i think it always ends up being a dry cleaner or a laundromat or whatever it is um i don't think they actually end up changing it to something else although it would have been a really cool like oh we're gonna change it to this thing i don't know why yeah, they every need to go season there. i don't know i like the idea that every season or every couple episodes they change it because it would make sense to like in mm-hmm. the in the world of the show to keep things you know secret yeah <laughs> and uh but never to talk about it like do they have entrances all over town do they always change the same one are we not keeping with our own continuity not even we know <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i think they always keep it as the dry cleaner slash laundromat and um yeah it just becomes the place well, until maybe it's not. That was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right. Well, uh, sounds like we got a successful pilot on our mm-hmm. hands here. Maybe someday somebody will force me to watch more of it. Um, maybe. At least, come on. <laughs> Leave the Rick and Morty thing alone. <laughs> Archer. He might Archer. bite on this one. <laughs> I mean, I do like it. That's the thing about it. Like, yeah. I like it. I'm amused by it. I know what I'm supposed to like about it. Mm-hmm. I know why people think I would like it. It's probably all the reasons I do like it. I just, yeah. I don't know. There's something about, like, if this were a live action show, I, I'm sure I'd be all over it. Yeah. Um, and I don't, like, I'm kind of past feeling like, oh, there's kids, kids cartoons and there's adult cartoons anymore. Um at one point in history, that in our lifetime, mm-hmm. adult cartoons were a novelty. Yeah. And now it's just a category. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's a good point. Yeah. So, you know, I don't even really look at it that way anymore. I just always look at it and I think, well, it's a cartoon, but what if it wasn't? That'd be really cool. I was like, oh, I like this. They should have made this live action. <laughs> <laughs> no, they get it. to be so much more absurd with it not doing that. It's yeah. really nice. Um so tell us what we're watching next week, because I know what we're watching, but I can never remember the name of it. <laughs> oh, great. Fate. Okay. The Winx Saga. With an X, Winx. Not the thing you always do. Quit it. <laughs> that thing. Um, yeah, the W-Y-N-X Saga. You still don't know what that means? I fucking no idea. I just watched right. the whole thing the other day. <laughs> It's only six episodes. I was waiting for this. Episode. I was like, oh, this feels like a season finale. That's really weird. It got to the end. I thought, I think this is a season finale. And then I Netflix looked. tried to play something else. Yeah, then Netflix <laughs> started playing something else. <laughs> That's how you know. <laughs> yeah, Fate, the Winx saga, which uh, just one of those oddballs that came up and surprised me on Netflix. I'll uh, have more to that story next week. 
And uh, thanks for joining us. If you uh, would like to talk some trash or join the conversation, please do so by going to pilotsthepodcast.com or sending us an email to pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com. That's pilotsthepodcast at gmail.com. I'm Riker. And I'm Shmi. And this is Pilots. Pilots.